la fin de semaine, envoyé au camp, n'étant et travaillé, au par chez nous. C'est de même, ça se passe, on aime de s'amuser. <laughs> You're right. That yeah. was the very first. Yeah, man. I think it's the first uh, Acadian song here. What's the uh, What's the translation there? Oh, it's more about a song about like uh, enjoying life and you know living life simple, like we like to do out east. Because I'm from New Brunswick. Yeah. So it's a yeah Acadian song and pretty popular back home from a nice pretty funky guy. Thank definitely. you, thank you for for actually opening up the show with that, man. Uh, I think we have like one or two other. French Canadian, we had a few tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard one way too. back when. I yeah, mean, there's yeah, been yeah. enough shows, and we're gonna have yeah. more. But I mean, like Fred, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you. It's I a really to be appreciate. Here. Yeah, I mean, it's like this is amazing. I know it's a little bit of a trek because you're coming from just outside of Ottawa, or yeah, uh, Perth, Ontario. Nice, man. So, well, I have some family here, so it's not a big deal. Cool. Like I like to come here pretty much every couple of weeks, <laughs> and definitely for this, you know, can't miss out on the opportunity. Well, this is great. I mean, I, I've been asking everybody to to come on the show and share their stories, and I've been suggesting Zoom and a lot of people have been just saying no i'll just drive and i'll yeah, come to you yeah. which is nice and it's a huge compliment to the show and to the traction that we built mm -hmm. and and i'm really excited about what we're talking as everyone can see on the, and right in front of you we're not going to be talking about tiling yeah no definitely not <laughs> no so. but i'm gonna have a lot of fun here so first of all i, I do want to say that i'm wearing white oaks construction which actually they're in uh, montreal quebec okay uh, nice. the boys there they're, they're actually doing really good work thank you so much for the for the tea here and then uh how do you pronounce your last name Gasso. Gasso. And then it's, but it's actually Frederick, but it's Fred. You yeah, Fred. exactly. And yeah. then it's Green Belt is the company. Your journeyman, seven years. You're way mm. too young, man. How young are you? <laughs> 25. Holy, seven. I love it. Most guys started, you know, most trades people start in their late teens, man. So, yeah. Uh, website is, uh, is a Fred Seal Carpentry. No, yeah, no, well, just on Instagram. On Instagram. So, yeah. no website, just on Instagram. Yeah, just it's Fred Seal uh, Carpentry on IG. And then it's uh, Frederick Gasso at live.fr. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Fred, where do we want to begin? Well, I think we can kind of start from the beginning. So, yeah, like I said, I'm from uh, Dieppe, New Brunswick. So that's like the French part of Moncton, New Brunswick. And I grew up kind of like everyone, you know, it's a town of about 40,000 people. And I kind of got picked up on carpentry doing it at the uh, woodshop school in high school. What school? So the school's name is called Mathieu Martin. It's a French French Acadian High School. Yeah. And there was actually like a pretty big woodshop with a pretty cool uh, teacher. So yeah, I kind of got started doing that at 16. And when I started doing it, like in high school, I was like, man, this is, this is pretty awesome. You know, kind of like all of my life, I was kind of just like tinkering in the garage and everything. But then in high school, it's really started to put like a, a clear padlock. Okay, this is carpentry, framing, roofing, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, roll up through high school. And then I... Uh, I signed up to take my uh, level one carpentry apprenticeship. At what point in high school? So, well, I did, I graduated high school. So that was back in 2015, back in the days, so you know. Back in the days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm twice your age, man. Uh, but, okay, so you got into school, no experience? No, nothing like? Yeah, no experience outside of the high school shop. That's really. it. Yeah, and that's you went it. into the shop and you saw the machinery and yeah. you smell wood. Yeah, exactly. And you just were like, pull towards yeah yeah exactly exactly all right so you graduate now yeah I graduate high school and then i take my uh the way the way the way i did it i took the 40 weeks uh carpentry course just at the regular community college yep and then that gives you level one at the end so you know during all that time you kind of learn the basic just like anything with level one and i was like yeah this is this is pretty cool 
And at the end, at the end of that, you have an intern. You, ha- you got to take a, an internship just two weeks, but you also have an opportunity with that college because it's a French college. There's like a student exchange program with France. So plenty of opportunities. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Still so going on to this day or has it been downsized? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't have much contact okay. with that school anymore because yeah. I'm, I don't live there for a couple of years, but, uh, yeah, some guy just literally came in the class and was like, yeah, we have this program. Whoever wants to sign up, uh, you know, let me know. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe. That was the description? That's how he sold yeah. it? Oh, yeah, yeah, He was just like, yeah, if you guys want to go work uh, mainly in Europe, mainly in France, because that's where they have the most connection, let me know. And I was like, okay. I was kind of thinking about it. Born and raised here? Born out in East, out East? Yeah, out East. Okay. Yeah, born uh, and raised out East. That's a big ask, you know, at that age. Yeah, I was, I was 19 at the time. Yeah, and I was that's like, a right, big ask, man. I'll go for the interview because you got to have an interview. I was like, okay, I'll do the interview. Interview went pretty good. And then they were like, okay, like if you want to do this, you got to sign in like almost like today. And I was like, all right, I'll just do it. So yeah, I moved, uh, I moved to France in May, May of uh, 2016. What part of France? So it's called Nantes. So you have Paris and then it's 200 kilometers uh, west of Paris. Okay. So you're actually right on like the Atlantic coast. Which is like the same, almost like the same thing as like the coast of New Being Brunswick. East coast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was like the same weather, same temperature. So that was pretty cool. And actually, yeah, so the way, the way it works. So I was staying at a trade school and it's actually the oldest trade school in France. It's called the Compagnon du Devoir. And you guys, if you guys are familiar with it, they're the same group of artisans who built the cathedrals, uh, the castle, all of those. So like, all the people that built those yeah, buildings exactly. came from that school. Yeah, came from that school. It's wow. a very, very old system. It's about, they estimate it to be in France about 2,000 years old, but it has some, it has some backtracking along like the, the building of like Jerusalem and everything. That part, I'm not too familiar with Well, that. it's all Europe, right? So yeah, it, it would have exactly. been all connected mm-hmm. somehow. And then the word would have got out then that there's, yeah. there's a kid here, there's a kid there, and then yeah, you got to exactly. hire them. That's yeah. amazing, man. So it's pretty, pretty cool. So I was staying at that school, but the way that it works for them, so you go to school at night from uh, 7 to 10, and then you, you work on all your theory, but during the day, you're an employee for a company. So a normal day there... You know, you wake up, you go to work for, you know, eight to five and everything. You work at your job, you come home, uh, shower, you get cleaned up. And then there's like a great big uh, dining room and everything in that room. It's all like students who built it. So like the table or you have like 40 foot tables that has been all like hand carved, like all the masonry in that room. It's it's everything you see in that building is like art because it's been crafted by those like just insane craftsmen. It's funny you bring that up, Fred, because we had Mateo here from UBuild, and mm-hmm. I think currently they're building a school in this area, and I suggest it wouldn't be interesting if the actual students built the school. Yeah, 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 exactly. Instead of actually tendering out yeah. the businesses, and that's exactly what they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, and also, like, just like any building in Europe, it's it's pretty old, so, like, some, some doors, it's, like, a student 200 years old ago who built it, so Man, I love it's, it. it's I love really, that. like, it's... It's insane. Like and you you're know, inspired. Too, yeah, you're, right? it's, it's so inspiring because, you know, you look at yourself and you're like, oh, well, what can I do? Well, when you force yourself, you can definitely do some crazy thing like they did. But you dissect what was 
done mm-hmm. and how they did it way yeah. back then without yeah. the machinery of today. Oh, I know. Like they were some serious Skills. skilled craftsmen. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Wow. So yeah, normal day, you go, you eat, and then everyone eats together and you know, you kind of mostly hang around with your trade, which for us was the carpenter, but you know, you kind of mix around. You have like the stonemasons, the stone carvers, the carpenters, the joiners, the you also have like more modern train, like mechanic. You're in plumbers. heaven, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And it's all people, it's all people from 16 to about 25. Wow. So it was 19. So it was like really blending in. And it's all people from across the country too, because in their system. So you join the compagnon and then you work for a bit. And then to get accepted into that system, you have to do like a small project to prove that you're worth for like the name. So a carpenter, you're going to build like, let's just say, you could spill like a small timber frame uh, gazebo roof with like complicated joinery for a joiner you might build like an intricate mantle or a door or something like that so you have to prove yourself once you get approved you're in for to start the apprenticeship for the next five to seven years so is it a constant i guess testing process oh yeah Oh, yeah, all like the time. You have to keep your skills oh, yeah. literally very L- sharp. Yeah, literally like a sporting team. Like if you start showing like uh, signs of like being unmotivated and everything, you can you're get... You're gone. Well, you, you're going to have to go to a review board and you can get kicked out. Wow, they and, don't mess around. Though. And actually one and actually one of the guy who was there, I think he just somewhat started to lack some motivation because, you know, you're far away from your family. And it's It's hard, like... It's long. long. You're young. Yeah, you're young. It's a yeah. long day too. You know, you work your whole day yeah. and then you come back, you have like a one hour break and then you have your class. It's it's a lot of work. Wow. And actually, yeah, one of the guys did end up, they just kind of said like, all right, I think we're going to part ways. So it's not for everyone. I think the amount of people who can go from A to Z in that whole process, it's about 10% who finishes. Wow. So almost like, like a professional... Uh, football team or something like that like your chance to make it into the big leagues yeah. is very thin yeah so it's it's a pretty rigid environment but if you go like from point a to point z it's you're gonna the be the craftsperson that you become oh, yeah it's totally insane. how long is the whole court like course load like how many years or so it? it's about for most trade it goes from five to eight years carpentry it's about i'm gonna say six to six to eight years so it's a long time like to be an serious. apprentice. This oh is yeah, serious. this is serious. Uh, yeah, and every couple of months to a year, you change city, so you can go. You know, you can do a year in Lyon. You can do a year in uh, Normandy, and a year in Paris. So yeah, you literally you do the like the Tour de France, not the bicycles, yes. not the bicycle tour. Yeah, but that's it. That's what they call it. And yeah, so you're gonna learn to how they do things over there, how they do things over here. So like, just if you think about how we do things in the east in Canada versus like the West coast, there's a small difference there. There's a difference. So, you know, imagine during your whole apprenticeship, you've did, you know, you've worked in Calgary, you've worked in Toronto, you've worked in Halifax and you've worked in Vancouver. Yeah. Like this is some really good experience that you're going to develop throughout the years. Yeah. And also it, it, it kind of, you learn to go out of your comfort zone, you know, to restart, to reprove yourself, to get acquainted with new, new, newer techniques that you're going to discover. Are they starting from old school skills or oh, are yeah. they relying on new technology? How much of technology is attached to this course? It's, uh, well, obviously you always have like the, well, hmm, that's like actually a good question. 
they don't rely as much as we do. I don't think That's so. That's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. They really start from like the hand tools. Like they still do a lot of like stuff with the hand saw, especially for like in carpentry when they're like cutting their compound angles for like the cheek cuts for a rafter. Yes. A lot of the time, it's oftentimes they'll use the hand saw. Like it, it's it's I've saw that many times. Wow. And this was back in 2016, so it's not like. You know, we're in the 1970s where scale saws are unreliable or not really accurate or anything. Yeah, like yeah. 2016, like things are legit back then. Yes. Yeah. You know, so then you days. were saying it's an exchange program. So are they mm -hmm. sending French students from over there to to here and to other places? Or well, I'm not exactly sure if some got sent to New Brunswick, just because I was over there and you know who knows really. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty crazy experience, and you're like your day to day like your day-to-day -day job from where i was working so i was working in uh it, they can't they call it just like a wood shop and over there you're gonna have the carpentry and the joinery it's all mixed together but over there it's two different trades like here in canada like a carpenter does so much he yeah. does the framing the roofing uh insulation the concrete everything well in france they have the concrete that's one trade the roofing that's one trade uh the like the joinery side of it, which it would be for us Canadian, like the finished carpentry, yeah. that's one trade. Yeah. So the carpenter really does the structural wooden work, uh, a bit of like a building science, so insulation, and kind of. So they even talk talk about that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's funny is that it's it's so relevant to Old Castle t building. Yeah, exactly. Because that's where a lot of the principles of building science came mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you: Were there any Japanese students exchanged? Because uh, I could just imagine I like Japanese joinery and Japanese woodworking and bringing it over to Europe. There's like they have their specialty as well too. Well, like usually the school doesn't really take uh, exchange student. Okay, it was more like the my uh, trade school had some kind of agreement with like Got it. another organism over there. Yeah, and like the the school was more like the middleman. From what I understood, I've only, I was only one of like maybe a handful who did it in like almost the whole history of the school. So you knew how valuable this opportunity was the moment you were there. Well, the moment I was there, I realized it, but not until not until I was really there. I and like know, yeah. I look back at it now, and I like the more and more I realize like how crazy this opportunity was. But when I was there, I was well. First of all, I didn't really have much experience, so. I kind of thought like, oh, this is kind of like this everywhere until I started working back in Canada. And then, then you can see the then differences. See, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the day to day, I would wake up, you know, you eat, same thing in that great big room. And then you go to work and I would go to work with three other guys when we were all working for the same company. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, you take the little car, you know, the little uh, Volkswagen Gold that has like two doors or something. <laughs> so we would drive around in like the, the, the French countryside, go to work. And the project that we would work on, so they have a great big shop with like, uh, and also in-house they have their own architect, engineer, uh, salesperson. It was a pretty big company, so 30 employees. So, and then we had everything from, yeah, those more management side and then everything from like apprentice, journeyman, master carpenter, master joiner and everything. Wow. With uh, like the wood shop also had like its own lumber yard and a big, a pretty, a pretty big shop. So we would build projects in there because when you start to get more towards the city or towards like more of the little towns, 
there is no space to back up like a truck like we do here. Oh, you can't. Like here, you just pull up in the subdivision. Everyone who's working on the crew has a truck, a trailer, and there's room for everyone. Not there. Like not there. If you try to, and they all like parallel park too. Like for me, I was kind of like, man, I, I'd much rather be working, doing it in the shop. And then you just go on site, get a crane it, installed, and then you can work on, you know, finishing up the details later. So that was kind of like the typical day, you know, eight to five working in the French countryside. And sometimes we would go in the city, not, which would be about the size of like Ottawa. It's like a million, two million people. So yeah, working there. And then also we would work on, we would work a public project. So that would be like uh, reconstructing, renovating. Like restoration? A, yeah, restoration. restoration. Yeah, exactly. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Over don't, there do, don't do what Canada does, just tear down <laughs> yeah, and Yeah, rebuild. yeah, no, not over there. You know. Yeah, not over there. <laughs> so most of the restoration is paid by, uh, they called the ETA, which would be like the national government. Yes. Like there was a lot of money being poured well, into like they, they understand. They yeah. respect. Yeah, they, yeah, that's the thing. They that, respect That's the key it, part. Yes. They, they respect. Yeah. And then the other part of the, other part of our work would be just like normal clients build either building up a new house or like fixing up their old barn or sometimes they would have like on their land like a small like castle like building and it would be like really restoring it so you in those three months that i was there you really saw like you, you saw a lot of things even though it was just there for three months because everything is new and it's and it's so interesting too like yes i we i've worked on a building that was it's called like it would be kind of like a a mansion like a small manor or something historical manor that the walls were about three foot thick of like just solid masonry and then we reworked on the timber frame roof and the roof the first part of the building was 300 years old and then they kind of add on on the side as they would uh, as they would exactly yes. and then it would go from 300 years old the other section would be about 200 150 and then the last one was about 50 years old and yeah, uh, we were just reworked on the so it'd be like system. father, son. Yeah, exactly, son. exactly. Yeah, it just keeps on passing yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty interesting to see like almost like a progression of like how they would do things back then. Even though it doesn't really change, you know, masonry doesn't really change. Carpentry, especially timber frame, it doesn't really change. And it was pretty. It was it's pretty tried awesome. and tested. Yeah, I tried and yeah, right? tried and it, tested. It actually works. Yeah. Were you in awe sometimes when you were actually working and you're oh, yeah. looking at oh, history yeah. mm -hmm. and exactly. you were just you were trying to wrap your head around how they did that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But they also have they also have like a different way of doing things, especially for carpentry. Like here in Canada, we use math to figure out, especially like roofs and stairs and everything. Over there, they use drawings. And actually, this is where I'm kind of going to get into the, the so roof So you want to get into here. the show? Yeah, I'm going to get into the roof model. And I love, Fred, that you brought this stuff. So, I mean, let, what do you want to start dissecting? That The, the first ridge? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for everyone who are only listening, I, I brought out the small roof model. That's a, it's a, a unequal-sided roof. So an A12 meeting into a 10 with the, the hip rafter joining into a post. So over there, that's what the... Like over there, they use drawing to figure out like all their angles and everything. In Canada, we use math. So if you want to be like a good roof cutter, you're going to do a lot of math in Canada. While over there, if you're going to be like a good carpenter, you do a lot of drawings. And the way that they, the way that they use the drawing, they use a technique, and it's a very old technique, once again, tried and true, building the kitchen and everything, called a stereotomy. 
okay. would be called, the translation would be like art of the line. In French, it's art du trait. So it's a way of drawing like three-dimensional object. You would dissect it into smaller section from a plan view. So if I'm going to look here, you know, you're going to have your plan view with your hip rafter, common rafter, purlins, and jack rafter. Yes. So I'm going to take this rafter here and I'm going to project it on the side. So now I now have seed cut, plum cut, total length, run, height. You have everything that you need in one drawing to start and cut that rafter. And obviously when they start, it's only like, on, it's on a smaller scale, but you know, the angles don't change. No. And the only thing you have to do after is make it to full scale. Once again, for that side here, you know, you fold that there, you have your total run, total height, plum cut, seed cut. And then for the jacks, you know where they intersect on the hip. So you can now start to develop that head, the, the cheek cut for your angle. So when you think it's about funny. it, I've never it, thought about it. Well, yeah, yeah. When you, when you start to think about it and when you see the drawings, it looks kind of complicated at first because it's a, it kind of looks like just a bunch of line intersecting yeah. with each other. Yeah. But really that's what geometry is. It's a bunch of line intersecting with each other yeah. who can now starts to create shape. You know, with all those lines joining together, you can now know, okay, I have the back, so hip uh, on your hip, and I'll have to edge bevel my hip about this amount on my jack rafter, and I have to do this amount of, like, deduction to get the perfect cheek cut. On my purlin, I can now get the exact length from the plan view, and I know where it's meeting my hip. And all based on the other drawings? Yeah, based on all the drawings who kind of like all intersect it all starts from the planned view and then you kind of you start to create elevation from that plan view is that your responsibility or the architect's responsibility? no this is the carpenter's responsibility really yeah this is the carpenter's responsibility over there the architect engineer and architect well I, I can't really tell for the rest of europe but for france architect and engineer it's like a it'd be like a mix of like engineer does only like the calculation for the math doesn't do a whole lot to do with the plants. Engineer will most of the time work for like really big projects like bridges. That's when you'll have like an engineer. The architect is like a mix of like the designer, interior and exterior. And he will also do, he also gets involved with like the science of a, of a product. Let's just say you're going to build, you're going to bring like a new product or something. Mm. The architect is going to have more to do with it. Over here, it it kind of be like the opposite side. Like the engineer is gonna more, he's gonna There's approve. lines drawn. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. gonna approve, uh, you know, a steel beam or something. Well, over there, it would be the architect. So it's a mix. It's a, it's like a mix of those two roles. And the carp the carpenter is responsible for making the plans for the carpentry, and the mason is responsible to do the plans for the masonry. Like let's just say if you're building like an arch. Well, it's not the architect who's going to draw it over there. It's the mason. If I have a roof like this, it's not the architect who draw it. It's the carpenter. So anything that's built, everything mm -hmm. starts off with a drawing. Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. It's not a matter of just get the tools, get the material, no, start no, no, chopping. No, 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 no. There's a thought process before oh, yeah. actually building yeah. everything. A lot, a lot more than here. Like yeah. how often time, like I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of framing. And oftentimes you just get like a set of plan and it's like, plan view and two elevation and as you, per contract yeah as per contractor <laughs> and you you kind of look at that you're like man this is for a house that's worth half a million like this is what 
Somebody's not doing their job. Well, exactly. And somebody's like, asking somebody else to do yeah. more than their job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. over there, it's much more, they, they, they kind of bring the pre-construction process a lot, a lot longer. Like they really think about it. Goes it goes to respect. Yeah, that. it goes to respect. And I also think they're much more conservative with your money. Mm. Like here, it's really easy to get credit. It's really easy to just kind of go and like our culture is made to just spend, spend, spend because- yeah. yeah. You know, we're I'm not North, disagreeing with you. Yeah, we're North American <laughs> and we're you kind of foolish in that sense. Over there, they're much more conservative. So if they're going to spend money for something, and they're not afraid to spend big money, but like they're really strict about what I'm paying for, what I'm getting, how was it progressing? And the, the clients are pretty, like <laughs> for everyone who ever has been to France, like yep. those people there, like they're not scared to tell you if they don't like something. Oh. It, and it's just part of the it's just part of the culture it's just part of the culture there like it is yeah like this one time actually and this one was kind of funny i didn't want to laugh but i was on site and the joiners were there installing the windows that they had built and the client comes in looks at it and it was like no i don't like it just looked at it yeah i don't like it and you would never see that i don't well maybe you would see it here in some project but it's pretty uncommon you know over there, it's kind of just like, oh, okay, well, the client doesn't like it, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna restart or try to tweak it. No big deal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in awe, man. Like I'm in awe. My biggest question right now is, I would love a school like this to be here in Canada. I don't know how that would happen, <sighs> but I would love because they build, and they rightly build for generations oh oh yeah definitely. Like they're not building for trends no you know what i mean like I, I i'm nervous about any homes that were built in the 80s and the 90s and today yeah yeah because they're going to be falling apart in decades and that's the shameful thing about it this is generations. yeah right? also like they maintain it they maintain that's, it. that's the thing too like yeah like how often time people get a house that were that was built in like in the 1980s and at the time it could have been like a really good like eco-friendly home the first thing that the new client is going to do, he's going to go change the roof, change the window, uh, repaint the walls, change the deck. Driven by aesthetic. Driven by aesthetic yes. also. So you kind of just took away something that could be maintained. Now it's all you know, gone in the dumpster. Nobody can really use it anymore. And it's just kind of wasted for, for, for forever. And if you think about it, like all the energy, all the fuel, all the cost, all the, like, the natural material that was used for those products, now it's just like poof, gone. I was just having uh, someone sent me uh, a river view. I can't, I can't remember exactly. I apologize. But he sent me, he goes, man, you'll like this post here. And it was an actual architect, a European architect, mm -hmm. I think, was discussing the question of uh, sustainability and, and being eco-friendly and being you know conscious of the environment and everything. And there's this architect actually telling the, the people, the way you be that way is basically by renovating, by not building new. You yeah, stop oh yeah. building new, you start renovating mm -hmm. and you continue renovating, basically restoring and yeah, rebuilding exactly. what's already there. Yeah. And I agree with it 100%. I've always said that. Clients have always asked me over and over when I'm doing projects, what's the best way we can be eco-friendly and everything? I said, don't do it. That's as simple <laughs> yeah, as that. Pretty much. That's, yeah, exactly. that's the best way you could do it. And they don't want to hear that. But no. So that's why there's a lot of respect. Did you grasp this like really easily? Were you able to grasp it? Uh, Yeah, I, I was. So... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna backtrack a sure, bit. Yeah. And on your on your day to day, so I would work during the day, and at night I would participate in their classes. And their classes, with the class that I was in, they were more advanced. So it was all just doing the drawings, and they're doing drawings, building those small models, 
Because some of them, if you guys look online and just Google uh, French Compagnon uh, roof model, some of them are absolutely crazy. Like yeah. they're not small like this. Like, you know, they could be two foot wide, three foot tall. And they fit perfectly. Yeah, and it has like a spiral, uh, spiral steeple or a spiral staircase with just the, like the it's craziest co- yeah it's yeah. it's serious yeah. so that's what they that's what they they mostly work on after like they obtain like a certain like let's just say a certain level of like experience they'll work pretty much on the other drawing doing uh those roof models so i was obviously not as good as them like by any stretch of the imagination so i was doing very simple drawing kind of something like this like this i could probably i could teach someone who's never done it and at the end of the day i'm sure we could accomplish something that is pretty similar to this like it, it's pretty it is pretty simple yeah anyone who's done like high school geometry is it's going to be able to grasp this paid attention to high school geometry. <laughs> yeah but yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so i was bit by bit slowly starting to grasp the what i was involved in but like i said at 19 like i didn't know much about the trade so i would love to like almost go back now with more knowledge, more experience, and just like really dive into it. But from what I did, looking back at it, I don't, I didn't like not take full advantage of it. You didn't like, waste the time. No, right? I didn't waste, I didn't waste time too. Yeah. So it was, honestly, it was, it's it gonna sound a bit cliche, but it was like a life changing experience. I was gonna say, would you say that it actually put you on the course that you basically? Yes. Had? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think about it now, and I don't think I would be here without that. It would be a bit different. Let's just say if I wouldn't have done it, but it's hard to say, but I don't think I would be here, yeah. Wow. Okay, what else you want to share? Okay, well, us? yeah. I'm, so <laughs> I'm in awe because I'm very respectful yeah, of, this, yeah. uh, of these skills, right? So. so, and if people want to know more about that, there's there's a couple of books, but that that whole like organization, the Compagnon, they were, it's like a almost like a secret society, like if you know about the the Freemasons, yeah, the Freemason came out of like that system. Yeah. So uh, just like a small explanation, like you when they were building like the cathedral, every trades had like its own little building, in which each little building had like a master builder and everything. And it just happened that the the Mason it kind of evolved into like a social club. But if you would backtrack like a thousand years, it's all kind of related. It's all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. You guys aren't wearing cloaks are you no 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 okay. no no no, no. <laughs> just i could smell the incense right now <laughs> yeah, and, and no, i can no. see cloaks right but no, it, no i get it it's, there's a lot of connection to history and there's yeah. a lot of reasoning behind mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and there's a purpose behind it and that's mm-hmm. why it's not so much like here draw this build this no there's a lot of thought process behind oh, yeah. that yeah exactly yeah yeah wow. so yeah i get back and i start working for a commercial building company so i did that for about a year as a uh, level one apprentice so building up the hours, that was good. But after like doing, working on like old 300 years old, like mansion, and then you go and you build like a dentist office, <laughs> it's kind of, it, I mean, it is cool, like, but it's not, it doesn't have the same thing. So I, I was know. Like, it's, it's okay. Like, it's like Babe Ruth playing T-ball or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like, you know, like big commercial construction company, you know, like you're well treated, you got a good pay. It's really good working condition. Like, it's a lot of good things, but for me, it was kind of like, man, like, it's kind of boring. Like, I was working with law, like, 50 years old, who 
just spent most of their time kind of just talking and drinking <laughs> Tim's, you know? <laughs> yes. So I was like, man, I don't know. Like this Basically is the stereotype of the... Oh, oh yeah. De- yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Definitely. So I do that for about a year. And then I started to work for a company called uh, Nima Construction. And okay. this is where I really cut in my teeth into like, let's call it the North American side of carpentry. So I worked for them for three and a half years. And I did, you know, level two, three, four, then Red Seal with them. And we were framing, we were probably doing about 60% framing, 20, 25% of the rest would be like siding, decks, small renovation with a team of, I think we were most often time 12 guys. That's two, a good crew. Yeah, two, three crew, sometime one big crew. And we would build like custom homes along the coast of New Brunswick in this small area that we were in. And we were probably, yeah, we were working like all year long. And that was, that, that was actually some really good time. Like the crew was really good. It was a young crew. So, you know, we were a couple of app- uh, apprentices from 20 to 25. The older, more journeymen were like 30, 35. So it was like a good, it was like a good mix. It was a good mix. Yeah, exactly. Of a group, right? So everyone can learn. Everyone can feed. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And it was all, you know, people from the same area, like a lot of people in common. So it was really, it, those were some really Was that good by time. design or was that by accident? No design, strictly by design. Oh right? yeah, like they have these certain people. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, no, because yeah. that that makes a lot of sense to do yeah. that. Yeah, and like at the time, so we're we're kind of like in the 2018, 2007, 2019 like time, and if you had a half a million dollar home in New Brunswick, like you're a baller. That's a like yeah, you got a solid home here. You have like. A porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> you have a subdivision. Home. Yeah. You have a McMansion. You have yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we we're building some really cool house, like right beside the beach and everything. So some pretty it's some pretty cool stuff. And then yeah, so I do that, get my red seal, and then we're now in the famous twenty twenty. So I uh I got to learn about the Algonquin Algonquin College uh, heritage carpentry course. Nice. That is offered in Perth, Ontario. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's that's pretty cool. That you know, you, you kind of see online what they have to offer and like everything that they were teaching. And I was like, damn, that's almost like what I did back in Europe. And it's a two year course. So I was like, okay, so I'll do that course and then I can kind of work in that area. Because Ottawa, it's a it's a really nice area if you want to work in because it has, you know, lots of like History. historical buildings. Yes. And to, re- to restore a building in Ontario, it's pretty easy because there are some good laws, but not too many. Like in Quebec, there's like almost too many laws that they yeah. they want to do something, but it takes like three years to get permits. Not there. Like there, it's like, okay, you're going to respect this and that. Good enough. You know, you can do it. So it has the building. It has like the rules. It has the people's mindset. They like those old buildings and they're ready to spend, you know, like they're, re- they're ready to spend a lot of money just to restore it like it was before. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you don't really see much of a difference, you know? Like, it's it, a lot of it is just, like, restoring the door, restoring the roof, restoring all the windows, restoring the staircase. So it's not, like, taking uh, $100,000 and making, like, a great big open concept kitchen like some clients want. So it's it has a bit of a less, like, bling-bling factor to it. It's not aesthetic, man. But yeah, it's not as aesthetic, but yeah. damn, like, if you really nail a restoration, like, that building is looking, like, really nice. 
someone would walk in and they'd be like, I can't believe how you managed to maintain this building for so yeah, many exactly. decades, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the artistry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that area has like all of it and also has a lot, because of that course, it has a lot of like good, solid, like local craftsmen because people will take that course and kind of stay in that area. So when you kind of look at like companies around it, like it's all super high quality work in like a really small area. It's a really good, it's a really good area to work in if you're interested in that part of the trade. What was the cost of the two-year course? Do you remember? I think it was about 10, 10K. It's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. And yeah. when you what you get for it, so it's 10K for two years and you break it down, it's about 5K per year. You're going to have to buy a lot of tools and you're also going to have, uh, you know, the typical like college, uh, the college spending, like you got to yeah, pay like 50 life. bucks for the yeah, parking, exactly. blah, 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 yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's about 5K. But really, like, if you guys, if some carpenters really want to get into, like, that more custom market, that course is actually rated, like, one of the best in North America. So it's a solid, so solid So those course. two years elevated you even further. Oh, oh yeah. Right oh, before yeah. the mess that happened. Well, that was during, that was during the mess. That was during the yeah, mess. Yeah, so I moved, I moved to Ontario in August 2020, like, pretty much, like, almost, like, prime mess. Yeah, yeah. So, you know you kind of make the best out of it. Some, the theoretical, as, the theoretical class were on Zoom. So it was, it was good for that, you know, because it's kind of like, it can be kind of useful because you're at home, you know, on Zoom, whatever, listening. It's, you don't have anybody distracting you. So it's good. But we always had like shop. Like shop was never stop. And their shop there, it's... Was it, it good? Oh, it's insane. It's yeah. all, all like all around it. It's all like... Uh, project that the student have done like they have the full uh, festool collection like every festool tool you can imagine they have it they have like four saw stops table saw just like absolutely everything like all the hand tools you can imagine and it's clean and, and it's, it's clean and it's organized <laughs> and it's maintained you know just how we like it like that shop like if i can have something like that one day like i'll be one happy how man. big was the shop like gymnasium size or not that? Yeah, gymnasium size. Really that big? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, that's yeah. heaven, man. Yeah, a gymnasium. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a high school gymnasium yeah. size. Yeah, exactly. But the that that's like the joinery shop. They have another shop, like the construction shop, which is just pretty much like a big like warehouse that you have a lot of room to like build the uh, you know smaller projects is like the timber frame that we built and everything. And yeah, with that course, you know, we learned timber frame. Uh, log building like high-end millwork like like this here like millwork so you're actually doing trim profile yeah millwork reproduction learning like about like all the geometry here which is pretty much just like rectangles and some different arches of like a circle or a sphere so are you building the knives are you no we're not building the knife okay all right because they just have so many like There's but you're designing it based on yeah, what has to be reproduced. Exactly, exactly. So like one of the assignments is to go into like a historical building, you know, do like a small resume of the building when it was built by who, blah, 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 and take like the molding profile reproduction. It kind of looks like a, it's like a rectangle, like a bunch of like little nails on it. Yeah, and yeah. then you put it on the side and it creates like a negative yeah. profile of that. Yeah. So same thing. Then you put it on a sheet of paper and then you can say like, okay, this is most likely like, two profiles glued onto one that creates, you know, a bigger profile. So that's one, that's one of the assignments that we, that we do. Yeah. We learn, like I said, log building. So we build actually a log house all with the hand saws and ax. 
like they would do 200 years ago, like the North American pioneers, just like they would do. Really, that that one was really good, you know. And they're teaching you chinking and everything too. Or yeah, chinking, really? everything. Yeah. So wow, yeah, man. on the first day, you know, they have like 30 different sides of axe. Some are absolutely huge, and they're all like you got to make it razor sharp. You get your log, you work on your log, you do like obviously debark it, and then you square it up, you know, doing one side at a time. Just like when you go into like uh, historical homes or just anywhere that has like a, like what they call a barn, a barn bean, and yeah. you see like the axe mark. Yes. Like, yeah, we did, we did that. So we learned all of that. Really, really what cool. What size of a log house are you guys building? It's only like a 12 by 12, but each student has its own log. Yeah, and it has it basically has all the principles that are mm-hmm. attached to a log. Yeah, app. exactly. Oh, so everyone has to yeah do their log, exactly. And yeah, we learned that, which is a pretty cool project. And I actually I have a pretty good picture on my Instagram if people want to go see. Yeah, I was in awe house. with your Instagram, the post. I was like, <laughs> going, you're first of all way too young to be doing, which is amazing. I love it, right? That you've, you've you held on to this, man, that you just grasp it so easily. I mean, like, but there's a lot of learning. You've, yeah, there's yeah, a lot of learning. A exactly. lot of learning. Wow. So, um, and actually, one of the main, one of the main reason that some people take that course is at the end you build a, a final project, and it and it can be a combination of like everything that we learn because we learn also how uh, how to build, and build and install like wooden doors and windows. So some people is going to build like a very elaborated door. Some people is going to build like a very complicated window. Some people are going to build like a very detailed mantle, the more detailed than the one that we built because we also build a mantle. So just with the project that I've said, like it's, it's some pretty cool things that we do there. Are you having the decision on the species that you get to use if you want to build a door or a mantle or anything like that? Or is it basically what's supplied at the school? It's more what's supplied. So we use a lot of pine and basswood just because okay. it's really... It's really... Readily e- available. Yeah, it's readily available, yeah. local, and also really easy to work with if everyone's going to use white oak for all their project like mm-hmm. it'd be a lot more than 10k for exactly. that it'd be like probably 30 40k for the course back in france there what was all the roof and the timber what was what were they it using? was uh, white oak white oak they were using yeah, white oak white oak and douglas fir Man, white oak and you're douglas cutting fir. white oak yeah. and douglas fir yeah, white oak and douglas fir that's not easy no it's not it's <laughs> not easy especially like not if you're timber framing with the uh, oak and the gentleman from uh, Cullen Timberframe talked yeah, about it a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She said, "If you're you, if you're, if you're cutting white oak, it has to be green, because it still has like the fibers are not as tense, not as dry, and it's yeah. Because if you're gonna use, if you're gonna use like a dull chisel on like an aged white oak, like good luck. It's you're, you're never gonna do oh, it. You're not gonna it's do not gonna anything. Yeah. You're, just, you're, you're gonna be frustrated. You're just gonna tear up your shoulder, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're gonna have to go see your buddy Dimitri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy man. Okay. So what else did you pick up at the school here? Um. Well, you learn you learn a lot about like once again geometry, uh, architecture, a lot about SketchUp too. Yes. Which is really which is really good because SketchUp good tool. Is, it's a great tool. Oh, it's another. It's a amazing tool to have your new toolbox yes and it's a bit frustrating to learn how to use it at first well, once you learn like, it yeah exactly once you're like oh man like this is stupid you know i can't even do like a circle it's I like know, no I no know. it's you can you are it. you are the problem and you there's know. youtube videos online there's youtube videos you. even though they're super boring yes, you know but like, you'll learn you'll learn exactly and like once you really let's say air quote masters catch up like what a tool like you can download apps such as a uh, cutlass so that when you when you'll tag 
your different, let's just say you're doing a staircase, you'll tag, you know, like threads, risers, stringers, and everything. And then you put it through Cutlass, and it's an app, and it will print you, like, literally a Cutlass. So, like, you know, 20 threads at, you know, 12 by 1 by 36. So you don't have to go back into the, the program and count yeah, and everything. Yeah, It does everything for it you. It does everything for you. And you're there, you know, ready on day one to do whatever you want. So it's a, it's a great tool. Yeah, and we learn how to use it. And, uh, okay, yeah, the, the, final, the final project. So you can do kind of everything that you want that is related to the course. I decided to do a pretty intriguing, like, door canopy roof. So it had, it's like a, it's a light timber frame using like four by four Douglas fir. And I did a pretty complicated roof actually. So it was once again, unequal slope, curved hip roof that had like a backing angle that had like a curve to it. Because when you have two, two curves meeting on an unequal roof, it creates, it doesn't create a perfectly straight backing oh. angle because it's too curved. So how do you solve that? Well, the, I use SketchUp because okay. it could have been done by drawing. Okay. But it's a very, it's a very like long, tedious, elaborate drawing. And at that time, I wasn't really sure on how to do it. And you're also limited in the time you have to build a thing. So I did, I, I did it with, I did it with SketchUp. And with SketchUp, it takes probably 10, 15 minutes to figure out, even though doing curves in SketchUp are not easy, especially not like, compound curves so it, it curves in two cents a joint yeah yeah, a the, connecting point. yeah exactly yeah. like it the the program doesn't really know what it's looking for so it can be a bit it can be a bit frustrating but eventually like i got it like damn near perfect so yeah that's that's what i did how big was that canopy it's uh 36 wide four foot high and then the roof is another four foot and okay. the roof is a uh, 60 degree meeting a uh, 50 degree wow so it's a pretty steep. So roof. who got that one? Because I'm assuming. Uh, well, it's actually still in the, in the my shop. self storage right oh, now, and storage. it's going to get installed on the outdoor timber framing class that the college is building right now for nice. like the timber framing course. Yeah. So I'm going to install that on the exterior right now. But right now it's just sitting patiently, you know. What you use for the exterior for the roofing itself? You so did. it was uh, Western Red Cedar, nice. and it was because uh, I, I would have kicked you out if you said asphalt. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for that. Yeah, no. And surprisingly, like the whole thing was pretty straightforward. Like I had, you know, you have a, a plan of procedure, so you know, X amount of hours to do like more of the framing side of it with the Douglas fir light timber frame then X amount to do the roof. And I was like pretty on track with everything, but where it really took a lot of time was to do the roofing with the cedar shingle. I thought like, oh man, I can roof this tedious. in three hours. No, it took it, me like, it's tedious. It took me a lot more time than I expected, it's especially tough. because it curves, you know, I had to hand planes like every single piece that capped the hip. I and love it, the curves. They look beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it turned out really well. It's more challenging. Yeah, exactly. I had that in mind for like, almost like a year and a half. So when the teacher, when the teacher was like, okay, you guys have to find like a final project. I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm ready for this one. What's the reasoning behind the course uh, giving you a time limit? Is it to kind of educate you guys to understand what your worth is? So when you start creating a business. Yeah, there is, there is some, there's a few things also like it's more towards the end of the course. So it's more like a matter of like on that day, the college ends. So you need to be done for You're that done. day. Get out Cause we got a new class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, get out it's summer, like yeah, go do exactly. something else, you know, <laughs> <laughs> go brick a house. Yeah. Yeah. Go brick a house. Exactly. Go roof, <laughs> you know? 
Uh, it's yeah, it's more about well, a that college ends. Also, like you gotta like if you're gonna be a tradesman, like time is money. You gotta respect time. It's just what it is. You yes. know, whether you like it or not, yes. you gotta respect time. And also, it's also like respecting like your parental procedure. So you gotta think like if like let's just say for example you're building a door and you have 20 hours for sanding i'm just making numbers up and you end up spending 40 hours for sanding well you know all that amount of time you're gonna have to either catch it somewhere or not do something as good in your future step to save that time so it has you know there's value yeah yeah there's like three three big values yeah yeah wow okay and this is just another piece of profile yeah exactly so those actually all come from the the Roman Catholic Church in Perth. So this was actually more almost like a crown molding. Yeah. And for the people who are only listening, I'm showing a piece. It's two two pieces of molding glued together almost to create like two pieces of chair rail type. Yeah, of almost. Yeah. And it, it creates like a small like a small uh, cornice. Yeah, cornice detail. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a door casing actually that has also once again two profiles, like a pretty big door casing, like. Uh, that's a pretty that's a nice door case yeah it's a pretty standard like southern ontario historical house uh, door casing like if you guys are going to learn if you guys are going to pretty much visit any historical homes in ontario this is you'll a pretty see something like that yeah you'll see something probably like with that. a plinth block at the bottom yeah exactly yeah. exactly but this is a pretty standard pretty standard design it's funny that you guys are going to histor- history and then you're looking at what's done and then you're looking at today's technology and you're piecing profiles together Mm -hmm. because i did that early on when i was doing projects i would always just i was bored i'd go into a supplier i would pick a bunch of profiles and i would just match them Mm -hmm. together to create a new profile and i created something new and i liked it that oh yeah and so it's funny that that's where it came from i didn't know that but i was just that's how i my thought process yeah and the possibilities are yeah less you know it's just it's lego at that oh yeah it's uh, yeah it's absolutely lego and obviously like some profile look better than than better than some when they're mixed with each other. Yeah. You know, like there are some architectural standards, but obviously it's also like preference. You know, if yes. you're going to do that for your house, like just pick something that you like really. Um, I've been lost in just listening to you, man. I want to just share a little bit of history here. Uh, most World's Most Expensive Woods Part 1, all prices in U.S. Purple Heart. You're familiar with these woods, right? Yeah. yeah. Not familiar with working with it no no i work because not a lot of people get a chance to do it so it's 40 bucks a board foot comes from mexico central america uh especially brazil it's like a gray purplish wood tone i've seen Mm -hmm. it you can check it out at exotic woods they have samples there and then uh you look at the price and you'll walk away from it uh uh, bubinga is 25 i don't even know what bubinga looks like probably some african wood it's uh i don't know it's a pinkish reddish red to dark reddish brown in color dark purple or black streaks Mm. Uh, Guinea uh, used for veneers, inlays, fine furniture, and then Bocote, 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 I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not. Twenty-seven bucks a board foot. It's more of a yellowish brown. Okay. Then there's black ironwood, which we know is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Forty bucks a board. It's red to orange kind of color. There's a Ziri Caute, sixty bucks a board foot. That's dark brown color. Comes from Central America and Mexico. And then there's holly, which is sixty bucks a board foot, and that's known as the whitest of all woods. Comes from British Isles in North America, mm. uh, used for inlays and engraving. So a lot of furniture making there. Yeah, Fred, you could stay here all day, man. Seriously, just like <laughs> this is fascinating stuff. So how is your business now? 
Well, I'm actually, I'm an employee for, for, for a, a business. For, yeah, a green, exactly. for a green build, yeah. right? So the company is named Green Build and pretty much it's, it's really custom homes and custom project more axed around like, you know, a green eco, foot, uh, eco footprint. Yeah. So like all of uh, last year, like we've restored a uh, historical farmhouse in McDonald Corner. That's about 20, 30 minutes outside of Perth in Lanark County. And it was, yeah, literally going inside the house, saving the trim, uh, removing what had to be removed, saving what had to be saved. We also did like a, an extension on it for clients who were like really willing to spend the big money to have like their summer home, like exactly the way they wanted. Was the house, I'd call it, I guess, modern abused? Did people go in there and no, start? not really. No? It didn't have like it okay. didn't have like the typical like aluminum window or yeah, everything. That's like right. I mean, modern abuse. I was in there for the tearing up part. I was still in school, but from my understanding, no, it wasn't. It wasn't like your typical, uh, yeah. Remove this wall. Yeah. Bring this in. Yeah. Concrete countertop for a kitchen, like I, that kind of abuse, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't anything like that. Like. You know, the, the trim now, it's still, like, solid pine trim that we've installed. It's still, like, solid hardwood floors, uh, the windows. The the, uh, uh, the cast iron flat nails were used or? Uh, for installing? Yeah. No, no, no. The old ones that you oh, guys Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, the, like, the spikes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had, to, I had to remove, like, a few pieces of trim, and exactly. It's, like, a big cast iron nail. I've seen these in horror movies. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know the kind of nails. Which they're, like, surprisingly like hard to remove yes like they really expand especially like they almost they corrode and i don't know if it expands with corrosion but it's really hard it to remove bites the wood so it bites yeah it yeah. bites the wood it really like uh, it really like almost destroys your piece like once you remove it you I gotta know. be like super careful like i removed five pieces of flooring and it took me two hours to make sure like the piece that a the piece of flooring was like reusable after salvaged yeah. and two that like the nails that were removed don't break into like five more pieces. And now you have like just your whole day almost I removing know, those done. five of uh, five pieces of flooring. But that's what the business has been built on. And yeah, they exactly. probably vet clients that respect that whole process. Yeah. Right. And like also on that property, like it's a massive property and has uh, like two guest house that are log cabins. It has a, a party barn that is also a log cabin that we did. Uh, well, that my, Co-workers did a timber frame deck with cedar boards and everything. I have a picture on Instagram. It's pretty cool. Like, does yeah. a party barn smar- smell like animals or does it smell like humans? No, it smells more <laughs> like humans. You know, it has the pool table, the bar, a big big screen TV. Lots the animals liquor, are long gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the horses have their own. Yeah, they, they have the, a the horses that they, barn. yeah they have a proper barn with like a chandelier and everything. Yes, so yes. the horses are well kept. Yeah. <laughs> So like that was a super super like good place to work. You know, you go there, it's far in the boonies. You know, you don't have to move your car because somebody has to park somewhere. Yep. And the typical like suburban like nonsense really you kind of have to deal with. So you go there, like you almost get no signal. So it's just like go there, radio Focus. tools, and you just work all day. Really, really awesome. How like, do you schedule or how do you prepare for a project like that? Oh, it's a. Because you don't know what you're going to get no, once you, you start, know. like, you. Yeah. I guess you assess the property, you see what needs to be removed, yeah. replaced, rebuilt. That's, 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 for that one, it's also hard to say because I wasn't involved in the, like, pre-planning project. I was still in school, yeah. like, at Algonquin. Yeah. But, yeah, really, like, 
most people, they will go in, take like pictures of like all the trim connection, like everything. So you have, you know, you have an idea because you might think like, oh, this trim goes this way. I'm going to remember it when I go to back. Good luck in one year. You're not going to remember you're gonna it. Forget. Yeah, you're going to forget. And yeah. like, you can't remember everything. Even though you have a good memory, you're going to forget. So they go in, take a lot of pictures. And if you can get some historical information, it also helps too, like original pictures. For that one, it was, you know, it was just a farmhouse really. So they're like, even though it's a really old house, there's not really like much information. I guess back then that particular structure wasn't that no, important. No, it wasn't that important. It wasn't like a, a courthouse yes. or, a, you know, the house of like an important like British diplomat or something yeah. like that, which the most building that are conserved also have like that, uh, that historical aspect, like the people who lived there were important. That building was just, when it got built, it was just a house in the country. And yeah. how much longer on that project are you guys going to be working on? So they started early 2020 and we still have two guys there right now. It's a time. I oh, mean, it's, it's, uh, you yeah. don't rush that stuff. Yeah, it's and also like that project really got affected by like the the whole mess, the whole like supply chain. Yeah, like you know, like we did an extension connected to the historical house. Like we did an extension, and the windows are like huge. They're like you know ten by twelves and everything, and that took like months just to get the order. The glass. What's the? There's a particular name for that bubble. Um, it's like an oh. imperfect bubble blown glass or something. Was I'm it all? Sure. I, I'm, a, I'm assuming the windows are probably all like that as well. Too. I, th I think so. Yeah. yeah. But they're still like the frame is still, uh, it's a wooden frame. It's a double hung with a sash and everything. Yeah, exactly. With the lead and everything? Uh, no, it doesn't have the lead bar. It just has like the regular, oh. I think it just has some ball bearings or something like okay. that. All right, very, very cool. But yeah, the one with the lead on the side, very, very cool. It's very, very cool. But they were, they, they needed the lead because the sash itself was so heavy. It was, but. The, the more modern ones, you know, you can, you can learn like light, you can use lighter woods that will make like that opening like a lot more smooth. I like that there's companies here in Canada too. Oh yeah, that there's offer a few. That oh with, yeah. With Douglas, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like uh, select Douglas and I'm like going, you guys are, it feels, it oh, does it feel very legit. similar yeah. to the old school one. And people don't think like, if you think that a wooden window is kind of like useless. Like, oh. dude, you can restore a wooden windows and it can last like for hundreds of years. Yes. Like, like, let's just say you get like a PVC window. If something breaks and it will also like, it will also like cook in the sun. Yep. Expand. It expands. Expand. Exactly. If, yeah. it's, if it's poor quality. It, exactly. Especially the ones that are beginning to be, that were built like in the 1990s that were kind of like, not the best quality. Like and you'll dark, dark colors. Yeah, like you see those, they have like waves developing them because the sun will just absolutely cook anything. It yeah. doesn't matter. Like yeah. it, I know we're in Canada, it's not that much sun, but it will cook anything. Just like wood uh, will last. Wood will last exactly. And if you have, and if you have something, you know, you just take the the planer or the belt sander or something like that, and it's pretty much good as new. So Fred, are you are you done school? Yeah, I'm done school. You're done so. school, but you're not done school for construction. Like, Oh, no, no. You still got a ways ahead of you, man. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm done school since uh, August 2020. Yeah. Uh, August 2022. No, April, sorry. Say, sorry, my French. Are you already? No, no, no. Are you already <laughs> thinking about where else you... How long have you been with Greenbelt now? So, a year and a half. A year and a half. So, yeah, and a half. are you already still thinking what else I need to or I want to learn? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I learn... Like I, every night I still read about like uh, either carpentry, like the carpentry books, even though like now I'm, I've like, qu I've read quite a lot, like especially like 
timber frame has a lot of books uh, steer building has a lot of books molding has a lot of books now i want more learning about like uh, architecture design and everything like there are some really good books out there so i'm always kind of making like uh, almost like a homework out of it like 30 minutes every night sometimes it's more sometimes it's less but a couple times a week you know just learn about new things learn about just new things yeah exactly yeah. Like and i always the carpentry books i always buy them because it's like a quick reference for the architecture one like i just go local library you know you get it some are good some are not so good because architecture like you get a lot of like philosophical uh, philosophical aspect to yes. it where carpentry it's like really cut and dry it's like okay, <laughs> cut here at 12 inches figure yeah. it out yeah figure it out <laughs> this is how it's supposed to look you know no yeah no nonsense with those so yeah not done not done learning especially not like even though i feel like i've been in this game for a long time you know still plenty of stuff to learn like i have a red seal and i have and i'm a graduate of that program, program and you know guess well. what i still make like stupid mistakes sometimes of course yeah exactly because every job is unique you start oh, from yeah. scratch and yeah. then you apply your principles mm -hmm. But it's still sometimes on a job site, it's not going to be exactly the way you've done yeah, it before. exactly. And there's all, like, once again, books are really good to learn stuff. And hands-on is really good. But you're always going to have something that you never saw in a, like, never read in the book or never saw on a job site. So you got to have, like, that open-mindedness. Otherwise, especially when you're, like, in the more custom side of it, like, you see some pretty complicated projects sometimes. And you're just like, man, like, how am I going to do this? And you really have to have like an open mind. Is there a lot of um, you guys working together? Like when it comes to this kind of joinery, I'm assuming that there is a lot of like a collective kind of thing that everyone wants to help each other out to try to problem oh, solve. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because you by yourself, if like, if you think, oh, I'm just going to do this by myself and you end up making a mistake, it's kind of like the whole team is at a cost, and especially for like timber framing. If you screw up a join on a, you know, 10 by 10 timber that's 20 foot long well it's a lot of money and it's not easy to get that piece and now it's you know your backtrack and it's just like it, it can be a mess pretty quick so yeah. you got to be like really humble like my uh like one of my foreman has been you know doing timber framing for probably 10 years and he's a really good one and i still check his layout and sometimes you know you find stuff and it's not an insult to check it's, yeah it's not an insult not to check insult. you have to you yeah. have to because it's like if your ego says like oh no I, like you know i've been doing this for a while like it's going to be good you're going to have some nasty surprise sometimes yeah and you might help somebody and somebody might help it, you yeah exactly and that's how it works yeah exactly like yeah. it's pretty easy to lose a foot a 16 an inch doesn't take that much time and if you think you can especially on i kind of have this theory like anything over like 12 feet it's hard to know like what's a foot more or what's a foot less yeah like i can eat and also i'm sure you can too you can look at a piece and you can say like this is between this and this anything over anything over like 12 most likely anything over 16 really hard to tell if you're a foot off yeah so let's just say you're you're cutting yeah timber frame post or something and you're like oh i'm sure this is this if it's anything over those measurements you're 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 kind you gotta of gotta be triple you sure. gotta be triple sure yeah, exactly so were you are you all festival uh no actually i'm all what big, are you big bad dewalt really oh yeah oh yeah black and yellow for everything really huh? yeah 
Uh, why? Best I'm M2 curious about it because I figured you would have been influenced by Festool, but I guess price point wise. Yeah, price point wise, and also for like a job site, they're not as rugged as no. like you know the big workshop. Big, yeah, big workshop exactly. Yeah. So like they're super precise, like you know, like they're just like a, a charm to use, like no vibration, like no noise, like they're a power planer. It's like two grand, but you use that and it's like, it doesn't make any noise, doesn't have like the big vibration. But when you when you feel it, it doesn't feel like as strong as like a Makita one or a DeWalt one. So to bring something that's worth that much money to the job site where it can get, you know, banged up on the bench, you know, drop on the concrete and it's like, whew, it would hurt. I don't know if about that. For it. Yeah, it would hurt if you pay for it. Yeah. If I don't pay for it, whatever. I don't really care. I just put <laughs> We're it all that way, Fred. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. man, I feel bad sometimes when I don't, I haven't paid for something and all of a sudden you drop it. You're like, eh, that's <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, that's okay. It's I know. Mind. But if yeah. you bought it, you're like, hey, take care of that. What's wrong with oh, you? Oh, yeah, man? exactly. <laughs> like when I drop my tools, like let's just say like my impact, like it doesn't matter. I'm just like, oh, man, please. I know. It, it sucks. What kind of hand tools do you, you carry with you, man? um well obviously for timber framing you have the set of chisels yeah so like the big ones the smaller one as well japanese handsaw a couple of those you gotta have also like a really good framing square like if you just go and you get like a stanley one oftentimes they're not they don't stay square because the aluminum or the the metal that they use doesn't really keep that edge yeah. and also like the the measurements that you have on it like i bought one that i've used just for like rough framing and when I started doing timber framing, I was always an eighth off of like every layout. And it was because one of like the measurement on the side was an eighth off. From the fabrication. From the fabrication. That's so not good. No, that's not good at all. So you got to have. That much off, huh? Yeah, that much off. Well, I know that the increments are like almost a mil thick, almost like a fat 16. Yeah, thick. exactly. But it was really like the, let's call it like the ruler side. Yes. So on the blade side, it was starting, yeah, it was starting at a quarter inch and it should have started. So what do you do with that square then at that point? You don't hand it down to anybody, you destroy it. No, it's in my car. So I yeah. just I use it to cut insulation or... It's stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So I'm you're probably just going to end up like spray painting. So <laughs> You tag it like... Yeah, yeah, you tag not it. Not for detailed yeah. <laughs> work. This is for yeah, regular exactly. stuff. Exactly. So yeah, you have your selection of like the... I have a few hand tools. I don't have... I, I have a few like uh, hand planes, I should say. I don't have too many because they cost a lot of money. Like there still are like four or 500 bucks for like some of the really good ones. So, you know, you try to make the best of like the ones that you have. But if you're going to go into like the custom carpentry route, like you can cheap out on tools as no. well too. Like it really pays to have good tools, well sharpened, well calibrated. Like there is no room for error, especially in like joinery. Like you're a table saw has to be like perfectly square perfectly like the blade and the guard have to be perfectly aligned are you using digital or are you using yeah digital you're using digital okay. yeah yeah you, you like and also like a caliper in your pouch really handy too okay especially for like when you're planing something like let's just say you do uh like a, an enclosed staircase yes. that you route out yeah well that measurement that you're gonna mill your your pieces to to fit perfectly inside of that stringer like using a caliper instead of like using like the edge of your tape you know that's gonna fit oh yeah you know like exactly perfectly yeah how many mallets how many different mallets do you have i have three okay i have uh just like a one like an e-swing it's like the it, it, it's pretty much a hammer with like one side of a mallet is soft and the other 
the other one is yeah. a harder plastic. Yeah. That's really good for finishing work, more like, uh, you know, doing trim, cabinets installed, because you can kind of tap on stuff without, like, breaking anything. I have, like, my, my uh, timber framing mallet, like the round one. I'm sure you saw it, uh, yep. Kellen timber frame. Yeah. And I also have, like, a smaller one that's, like, a wooden mallet. Even though I don't really use that one, it was given to me as a gift. It kind of just, like, looks cool in the it toolbox. It looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> and for the framing hammer, the good old stiletto TB2. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right. So probably the last hammer I'll have is going to be that one. Because it'll last forever. Oh, it'll last forever. Well worth the money. Uh, what do I want to share? I want to share some OBC talk with you, man. Okay. Fire exposure ratings. Uh, floor, roof, and ceiling assemblies must be rated for exposure to fire on the underside. Exterior walls must be rated for exposure to fire on the interior of the building. Load-bearing walls, arches, and columns must be rated for exposure to fire on all sides. The minimum fire resistance rating for floors, roofs, ceilings, and exterior walls is 45 minutes. Roofs do not have to be rated for fire exposure if they have a sprinkler system. I know they're talking about bringing sprinkler systems into residential. I think it's a huge mistake personally because it's going to cost a lot of money to f when it goes off by accident. Or <laughs> oh yeah, true. Road, right. So <laughs> have a party, a barn party. Uh, residential occupancies must be separated from all our other occupancies by fire separation. That we all know that fire rated for uh, rental units and stuff like that. Penetrations and fire separation also must be tight. If you ever build a separate dwelling a uh, basement apartment or whatever it all has to be fire separated mm -hmm. what else you want to chat man well actually i can talk about the project that we're working on right now okay. and that one's actually a, a pretty cool one i think it's i'm gonna go in as in to say it's one of the unique one right now in canada so we're building a buddhist timber frame temple in uh stanleyville in uh, just outside of perth so about 10, 10 kilometers outside You're of Perth. You're building it brand new? Building it brand new, exactly. Wow. Building it brand new, but when you're going to look at the building, obviously you take like the lights out of it and everything, It it's going to look like something that could have been there. Centuries ago. Yeah, centuries ago, exactly. So How big is the, the building? Oh, get ready for this. It's 100 foot long by uh, 30 foot, 30 foot four high uh, cathedral ceiling, like vaulted ceiling. Wow. And it's uh, 36 foot deep. So 36 wide. It's huge. It's huge. And that's only the meditation uh, hall. It has like a few, few smaller buildings that kind of follow that same length and same depth. And each of those buildings too have like a, a timber frame portion of it. So it's a massive project. Pine or? Uh, so the meditation hall, so the big, big timber frame is all Douglas fir. Okay. And the porches on the side are going to be pine. Coming from where? Out west? Uh, the pine is local and the... Douglas fir, probably either BC or Oregon, I think. So okay. yeah, west, yeah. yeah, west coast. So, so I know, like Calden was talking, he gets a lot of yeah, Douglas exactly. I think west. it's probably about the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty, pretty interesting project. Like we started in uh, in May, really, like doing literally anything from because we really we're general contractors, so we're really like there from the first day, like the back was on site to like you know last day you handing the keys to the client yeah so i was there like you know building the footings then pouring and everything and then going working in the working in the timber framing shop that we that we have so for that we rent we rented because the, the timbers are 
ridiculous. Like They're massive. Some, You're dealing with a... Yeah, it's 10 by 16. Some of them are 10 by 16 by 40. Oh, so you can't just have that. the weight of one of those things? Oh, it's ridiculous. Like wow. we had to buy a telehandler for it. Yeah, like you're craning everything. Has oh, to yeah. Be. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like even with the, even just flipping some of those beats, we had to be three, guy, three guys just to flip on the side because, you know, you transfer your layout and everything. Three guys just to flip a timber. And even like even with three guys, like we could have been five and or that, six. That sound, eh? That's oh yeah, the puck. <laughs> like sometime I was like, man, if the sawhorse is gonna snap, like we're both like handicapped for the rest of our That's when life, you, you have know? respect for wood. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, like woods always win, pretty much. Yeah. That's so how's that feel? Like Fred, how does that feel when you guys I know that you guys prep a lot, you're doing a lot of drawings beforehand, you're getting ready for it, but then as the site starts to get prepared for you guys raising that first section of timber what's that feeling like man well it's it's pretty cool but it's also a bit stressful because yeah. you're just like man all of that work and if something tim with timber framing you have no margin you get one shot you get one shot yeah. if something's off it's not like when you're stick framing like a house where if something's off well, great i'm just gonna account for that or you know shim here or something like that with timber framing if something is off it's like that right away if all your joinery is tight and you go somewhere else and you have like a one inch gap, like everything your is heart gonna point drops. Yeah, everything is gonna point to that right there. And yeah. the client is like your eye is always gonna like glance on everything that is perfect and catch on something that is imperfect. Yeah. So when people kinda like like that rustic look, you can go a bit rougher with rustic because everything is kinda imperfect, you know. But when it's something has been like sanded, plain, oiled, everything, and the joinery is tight, and if you have like a just like a quarter inch gap somewhere, you see that right away. So yeah, it took us, oh man, I think 12 weeks to cut the timber frame wow, at, at three guys. So uh, our foreman who was doing the more uh, complicated cut like the scarf joints, and then me and myself, uh, me and myself, myself and somebody else. All or, three of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, all three of us. Sorry for my French again. No, 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 it's all good. And uh, yeah, and I was more doing like the just the standard joinery, like uh, mortise and tenon, everything, cutting, mortising, uh, chiseling. And it's funny how you just roll it off, like you just say it, but there is such a craft. Oh yeah, to properly make these. Oh joints. yeah, exactly. like I don't want it, you or anybody else that actually has achieved this skill to just dismiss it so easily. Like oh, it's just a mortar. <laughs> no man, it's like that's a serious thing. Well, yeah, but after you cut like you know 150 mortises, know, it, like it doesn't. But doesn't I'm still in awe of the of the hundredth or the the first one. I'm still yeah, in awe yeah, of exactly. It, right? Yeah, like every time, every time, you, especially for timber framing or anything that is that has like a more unique side of it you got to think almost like three times. Like if you have a knot, you're going to say like, okay, I can't start there or I'm going to have to start here because of that. Or is my skill saw truly uh, perfectly 90 degrees? Is the chain on the chain mortar sort perfectly, perfectly good and aligned so that it doesn't start to just like wobble and kind of make a mess out of it? You know, is my router is like the, the, the router bit on my router, is it like perfectly working fine? You know, like everything has to be, so perfect because all of like those small things add up at the end that you're either fighting to have a good result or you're not having a good result or if everything is perfect and you make a mistake well then you know it's not because of the tools it's not because of that it's because of you which is a whole lot easier to deal with than like trying to figure out like what went wrong when you have five things that could have went wrong do you guys have i know that this was brought up with roland and, and calden framers uh, timber framers 
I'm assuming Greenbelt's got a great relationship with the other trades because this is still modern day and you're building a structure and we still have to bring electricity. We still have to bring mm -hmm. plumbing in. We still have to bring HVAC in. So I guess that's that's already thought about at the very early stages with the architect and designers. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Like it's not left for you guys to figure out, right? Because mm -hmm. I know that if you just took somebody from residential construction, they would just be slapping conduit on top of the timber. And yeah, that's exactly. That's what you want to do, right? And it also pays to have like the same trade. Yes. coming in most of the time because you build that relationship and also you build the respect to and also if they've done it a few times you build experience which is like really what you want yeah because like you said you can't just go in with a sawzall and <laughs> start cutting things because i'm gonna slap you so hard you know <laughs> you'll be underneath the house <laughs> yeah you'll be underneath the house exactly no you can't do that okay so you guys that one's being when's that one that one's expected to be finished well, so we've just finished uh, raising and installing the timber frame. So that was done about two weeks ago. And now we're building the roof because there's going to be, like with a timber frame, the, the, way, the way it works really. So you build the frame, it's like the yard piece and the structure of the house. But you got to build like an, another frame on top of it, like another envelope. So for what we did actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the Nexem blocks. It's kind of like a ICF. It's like kind of. It's kind of well, like. I think a, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a concrete block. It has uh, rocks all on one side, and yep. on the other side you pour in concrete. Yeah, and it's literally like a big Lego, but the only difference with ICF, a block of ICF is what like 500 grams, like for the weight. Yeah, like each of those are 45 pounds. Wow. And yeah, we've installed like we did like the whole, almost like a negative of the frame. So with it all the exterior walls and that, climbing up to the gable like. 35 30 foot four high like a 50 degree slope so we did all of that and then we installed the timber frame on the inside of it so, so you're literally building the house or the structure hmm. inside out yeah but you can't see the outside yeah you can't see the outside so, so you really have to visualize it yeah exactly so really if you're if you're gonna look like right now if you come on site it like there's no roof on yet you're just going to see the roof. But then when you come in in the exterior, then you're really going to see like yeah. everything. Where most timber frame, what they'll have is they'll build the frame and then you can see the frame from the exterior and then they add in like those big uh, SIP panels, yes. the structural insulation yeah, panels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of did something on the contrary where we started with the insulation and everything and then added the timber frame on the inside. And uh, yeah, I was kind of glad when the next end blocks were like done installing because we install it in like mid July and that, and it was like 35 degree every day and that's all those blocks uh, were 40 heavy, pounds. And at heavy. the end of the day, like you're just like, you're exhausted. Oh, you're, you're jello. Yeah. yeah. Jello. And because there is something in, the, in Buddhism where the temple has to face a certain way. Okay. So the sun rises at the front of the building and it goes all the way around when it sets so all day long like the sun is just like cooking 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 so it's the cooking, worst cooking. construction environment oh it was like it was really really tough it was hard huh? like by the time that it was like we would start at 7 30 and by nine like you're cooking oh yeah like you've drank like two liters of water like <laughs> like the sunscreen that you put on at 7 30 it's all in your eyes it's like oh man but like from september to like pretty much now like when we were selling timber frame and because we were only a couple of guys, it took us it took us a few weeks because it's just so massive. But then, like the weather was just perfect, you know, like typical like fall weather. So that was 
you know that was like the cherry on top really yeah, to finish yeah, it yeah, it was like the sure. dessert yeah for sure yeah what are they putting on the roof there because you got to still build the underside yeah exactly for dressed right mm -hmm. what are they pine they're using pine on the dress on the on the underside of the roof uh so it's gonna be you're gonna see the exposed you're gonna see the exposed uh rafter yeah and then on top of it well you're gonna put drywall in between yeah drywall in between the the rafter so that's what you're gonna see i know i was expecting like pine board or double yeah. board or yeah. something like that i don't know like why are they putting drywall i don't know i think they want to paint it a specific color or something like that who knows? Maybe it's gonna look fine. Even the monks Maybe are gonna not. look up and gonna go. Oh yeah, the monks are gonna look. Why up. is there drywall yeah. there? Well, they're the one making the decision, so. Yeah, it's true. I but mean, it's more expensive for the pine. Yeah, I mean, they must be in so much money in already. Maybe the beams they, alone and just the structure. And oh, everything. I don't know what's the cause. But the, no asphalt on the roof, is it? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I think it's a. Uh, it's like a smaller sheet metal roofing that has like a cedar shingle design to it. Okay. I think that's the design for it. I, I know they weren't sure about it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I think that's the design now. So yeah, right now what we're doing, we're strapping up the whole roof two by four, so then we can install the eye joists to create like enough room to put more insulation, and then you know typical like uh, yeah, you got to meet today's standards. yeah yeah typical like construction standard plywood, yeah. and then underlay blah blah blah. Must be kind of funny though. You're dealing with all these beautiful beams. No reason to check out the crown. And then you grab the two by fours for other little sections <laughs> and you have to check the crown. Yeah, even though like they're the premium uh, yeah, no, the premium a, quality. Someone just went really wrong with the premium stamp. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I don't know who it is, but it's wrong. Yeah. But it must be a weird feeling that you've got such amazing oh, yeah. material. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Especially after like working like all summer long with uh, you know, cutting up a timber frame and you're grabbing like a two by four and just like, man, this is like phew. I'll just get that to my dog. You was know. was this just grown last week? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I know yeah. it's bad. It's yeah, bad. exactly. <laughs> so you're excited about that that project? Oh yeah. So I'm gonna be there. Prob we're gonna be there probably mid winter, like early spring, and yeah. At the end, it's gonna look literally like I don't know if you know much about Buddhism. I didn't know Not anything. Much. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it really okay. before I went there. But yeah, it's gonna look like a temple that would have been built in uh, Taiwan, uh, not Taiwan, uh, Thailand. Uh, yeah, Thailand. Yeah, Thailand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to look like something that could have been built there like a couple of hundred years ago. Well, outside of the drywall. Outside, of, Yeah, outside <laughs> of the drywall and the lights and everything. <laughs> but yeah, like... The lights are hopefully are going to look like lanterns or are they going to be... Oh, I don't know about that, but probably like lantern, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. What are they putting on the floor? It would be wood on the floor. Yeah. It is one on the floor. And then are you guys also building the doors or are the doors being fabricated someplace else? The, no, the doors are actually being fabricated by one of my uh, former teacher, actually. Uh, Mike Bays from uh, Grammar Carpentry out in Ottawa. Oh. He does some really, really cool things. What are these doors going to be made from? Douglas fir as well. Still is. Douglas fir. And they're maybe thinking of doing the windows as well. But uh, yeah, that guy is... He, he taught the doors and windows construction... Uh, Part of the course that I took, and that guy is an absolute so stud. building doors from scratch. And yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, all from wood, yeah. All from wood, uh, you know, vintage hardware. That is new hardware, but you know, using traditional method, way, traditional yeah. design, and everything. Wow. Yeah, really, really cool project. So, what is it in 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 joinery that you haven't done yet, or if you had your an opportunity to kind of touch your everything? Well, I haven't done 
much of like stair building. I would really like to do that for a while. Okay. Especially like the ones that have like a, you know, spiral staircase or a curve, all of those. <laughs> yeah, those are really, that's, those are really cool. That's difficult. Yeah. Very, very difficult. Yeah, but kind of once, kind of once again, like it all comes from geometry. And once you kind of figure out how each of those pieces intersect with each other, and you start to break it apart using stereotomy, using all using ketchup, a sketchup, using all of those, it starts to make more sense. But obviously, like if you look at it just like this, it's like, oh man, like this is pretty intimidating. You can't picture it. No, you can't picture it. And the more detail it is, the more curve it is, it's really hard to grasp your mind on where to start, where does it end, you know, what's the curve. Like you gotta have like a visual, like a really strong like uh, visual interpretation in your head. And that takes a bit of time to develop, but I would really, I would really love to work on to something like rolls, that. Right? Oh yeah. I would, would you really also, like I guess you're also responsible for the spindles in the handrail too mm -hmm. at yeah. that point. Yeah. It's not a different yeah. person handling that. And honestly, like you look, you look at the staircase and you say like, let's just say your stairs are framed and everything is good. The railing is no joke too. Like the railing oftentimes is like one of the most it's even more challenging. The, it's even more challenging. Exactly. Yeah. But there's way to go around it. Like, don't think of the railing as something that is, you know, 36 inch in the air. Think of something that just follows like all the nosing line. If you think about it that way, it makes a lot more sense. Because if you're just in the air with your tape and a level and like try to, good luck. Like you're going to be there for a year. Yeah. But once again, using like drawings and SketchUp and also the books, like there's some pretty good books written about like steer building it's really worth a shot to really get a few of those. And even if you can get a hold of like the author or talk to people who have done it, like this is really where, and also this is really where like Instagram really pays off because you can, you can see what people have done. You can maybe get in contact with them. That would be like really a good way to, to start with that project. I'm in awe with, I mean, when I see, I know that here in Canada, when it comes to customer track, the stairs are all made in a workshop. Yeah. They're all delivered. They're installed, tapped on the top, mm -hmm. tap on the bottom. That's it. But then you get a lot of the Americans and Europeans that are all site finished and mm -hmm. million clamps and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And then <laughs> it's just, it's our artistry at that point. Yeah. Right. I totally respect that. Mm -hmm. It's challenging, man. Very, yeah, very definitely. Especially, and especially with stairs, like what's the number one thing that an inspector is going to look for in a house? Yeah. He is going to go at the stair first, you know, and he's yeah. going to pull out his small, like, you know, 10 foot, tape line you know that he's never really done much with you know <laughs> he's just gonna double check yeah he's to make yeah, sure yeah, that exactly. the rise and the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. run is okay yeah. and then the handrail is yeah. okay yeah exactly and it's not moving mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff like that mm -hmm. exactly it's oh, fascinating are you trying you're not trying to get a hold of me are you i was like the phone's been going off ballistic here sorry about that <laughs> uh i i want to share a little bit of green book talk here so it's noise protection this is actually interesting i did a show with profasco one time and i was really stunned on some of the numbers i don't know it does apply to you guys because you're still using power tools and stuff like that so oh, i'm yeah. assuming that a lot of the safety so i want people to understand the db levels right decibel levels mm -hmm. for a hammer drill is 114 so now you got to understand something greater sounds levels can cause damage as soon as it hits yeah, so 90 yeah i had 90 in mind too yeah 90 is what you start like it's very dangerous after two hours of hearing a constant 90 and and that's a job site so you're eight hours on a job site mm -hmm. hammer drills 114 chainsaws 110 chop saw is 
is 107. Miter saw is 103. Impact wrench is 103. Tile saw is 101. I think some tile saws are louder than oh, 101. Oh, yeah, especially when you're, like, cutting the tile. I know. Uh, screaming. Yeah. Circular saws are 100. Hand drill is 97. Router is 95. Belt sander is 93. Planer is 93. And a table saw is 92. Uh, so it's just everyone just... Listen, it's not a bad thing to throw on air protection, oh, right? Yeah, definitely not. So we we have air protection every time we do the podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. I, I want to know what else can you share with it? I mean, this has been like, extremely educational and very inspiring. I, I, I can't do it. I can't dive into this world. I'd love to maybe just tinker around one day. But I mean, uh, you can't. I don't see you ever going into regular. Yeah, exactly. You'll it's never. It's like uh, that door has been yeah like you're uh, even though you have all the hours and you have your seal and you have everything you can't line up a wall and yeah exactly like but honestly like there's so much work like for people who just want to like go in frame a house and sell it there's like there's like so much work but kind of like you said like it comes like how i feel at the end of the day after doing something like this like that that feeling can't be like almost like match it's almost like it's almost like a drug really yeah yeah it's but like, in, in all respect, Fred, I'm not diminishing. No, no, no. Me, me, yeah, me too. Framers. Because I've done it for, I've done it for a while. I, it's, I'm in awe. And I still like yeah. love to. They know what they're doing. They know their team and they set it all up and they drop all the studs and they'll do mm -hmm. a beam and all this. And there's a lot of respect in the ones that do it correctly. It's just a different thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. And yeah. like, honestly, I still like to frame, you know, I still like to frame a house. But to do it like day in, day out, like that's kind of where it, it kind of starts. I like, okay maybe not as much as I do in day in, day out. But like, yeah, if one day somebody asked me like, oh, can you come help me? And we're going to frame my house on a weekend. Like, oh, hell yeah, man. It's awesome. Especially this time of the year. Yeah, you enjoy Yeah, especially it. this time of the year. You're like, you know, you're outside and, you know, you have it's your not compressor work. rolling. And, yeah, you know, it's not work. Skill saw, the radio. And like, it's, it's really fun, you know, especially when you have a good team. Like uh, when I was working with Nima doing an apprenticeship, like when you have a team that has like a solid flow of things, and, you know, you have your partner who's cutting for you. You don't even have to give him measurement. He's kind of just like always a one step ahead of you or the same thing with like you're one step ahead of this or that and everything just like flows. It's a like it's really fun. and It's really rewarding. Like you can easily frame like, you know, four uh, four walls in a day, even though they're really big. And, you know, like you can easily slap on a roof in one day when everyone really knows how everything is lined up and you have like all the tools properly set up like it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Would you, do you have any tips that you picked up early on that you're still surprised by that you didn't realize that it actually was that easy once you figured it out? Mm. Yeah, I think geometry. Just like, geometry. Well, and what I mean by like geometry, especially more like the roof aspect. And look, I'm not a master roof cutter or anything like that. But when you, when you start to think about how a roof works together, once again, if you're standing on the top of a top plate and you got to put a roof on there and you're like, man, where is all those lines going to go? You can't think about it that way. Just like the the spiral staircase with the handrail. If you think about something in the air, it, it never works. Think of something more like into smaller, into smaller pieces and more something that is like more simple. So think about your roof. Just think, okay, you're going to have, you know, four hips here, a ridge, common rafter. That's it. And then you can think of like all oh, your jack or like a dormer or something like that. So really try to break something into like a smaller chunks, build on top of it. And also once you kind of learn to figure out like the geometry, it's just things intersecting at each other. 
you just got to know like where it is and it's kind of like kind of as a simple visual as that. perspective it's a visual perspective yeah okay exactly so you're intimidated because you you're you're not visualizing yourself on the planes that you yeah, need to visualize exactly exactly okay. so you need to really break things into like smaller pieces and eventually if all of those smaller pieces if you cut them double check them they'll just like fall into place like you really got to trust like the pre pre-construction process you really got to trust like you know your drawings you really got to trust like also yourself and everything everything will kind of just like fall into place it sounds kind of simple to, to put it that way but really it, it's all that it is and it really pays it really pays a lot to like i said just go into books and just read yeah. and learn about it because the more you're going to see the more it kind of starts to make sense in in your in the back of your mind you'll always have the, those like pictures rolling so it's yeah really mastering geometry and once again i'm not mastering i'm not you're a master. still learning i'm it. still ma yeah i'm yes. still learning it but like understand understand would be the correct word i think understanding geometry i think it can really propel you into like uh, another level i think and they're teaching you like technically speaking everything that you build in this kind of detail can be removed yeah and then reassembled again oh yeah that's exactly. the way it's designed yeah, right so i mean that's the way it's like and that's the other joinery part of the the whole yeah. trade that you figure out how to um basically it just slides right into place it's almost as if the tree was designed that way to kind of get connected to another piece right? yeah exactly it's, it's it kind of looks like it like if you when you look at a timber frame or something that is really like well done it kind of looks like things have like grown out of each other yeah same thing as like a really nice miter on like a big casing like this kind of just looks like it's just like a flow of things. it just it's a natural flow yeah a natural flow belongs, of things right? yeah exactly so when you look at like at a stud like mars carpentry like what they're doing it kind of just looks like it was just just appeared there yeah, almost yeah, yeah i know that's where the fine art of it yeah is. that's where the fine art yeah definitely happens <laughs> and that's something that's like you know, I look back at some things that I built like three or four years ago that I was like absolutely pumped when I did it. I was like, oh, I totally nailed this. Like I did a lot of like uh, small furnitures like in my parents' garage when I was an apprentice and I would just like kind of just put them all over my parents' house. And when I come back to visit, I'm just like, oh man, like this is ridiculous, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you should be doing that because yeah, yeah, exactly. it keeps you, yeah, which exactly. is one of the tools yeah. in the arsenal as sharp as possible, Yeah, right? exactly. So exactly. it's important to keep on trying that. Yeah. Plus, it'll be around for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Your mom's definitely not getting rid of that. No, they're so, not going to get. They're yeah. not going to sell it, and you can't find it in any <laughs> store, right? Yeah. I want to share the, uh, the. Okay, you ready for the twelve questions here? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, what is your favorite construction word? It's fits. It fits. Something like fits. that. Yeah. What's your least favorite construction word? It doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> what turns you on in construction, Fred? Um, I think more the creation. Yeah, creation like uh, aspect of it i think what turns you off in construction oh some some like uh joe blows or whatever who kind of go in and kind of half-ass stuff i think yeah. that i that that one definitely grinds my gear yeah what's your favorite curse word oh has to be uh has to be tabarnak <laughs> of course french of course it's been shared a few times oh yeah i'm sure what's your le what's your favorite vehicle in the entire world Oh, it has to be uh, an old school Land Rover Defender. Yeah. Green? Uh, like desert colored. Desert. Yeah, exactly. I think James Bond. I think there's an old James Bond that there's one in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely that one. It's British. Yeah, exactly. And it's just pretty cool. What's your least favorite vehicle? Oh, man. Probably like uh, those old like uh, Sunfires. Oh, yeah. Especially the one with the flames. Yeah. Even well, though they're, they're pretty gangster, but. <laughs> <laughs> they were never a gangster. They need to be demolished, all of them. What is your, what construction sound or noise do you love? Um, Probably like planing. Planning sounds pretty cool. Not like a power plane, but like a hand plane. Hand plane. That sounds that, that kind cool. of like shk, shk. Yeah, 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 that's pretty cool. And then and sometimes it's so thin that yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just it. like paper almost. Yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Oh man, there is a lot. Like the router, like I have to use like double ear. But you're using it all the time. Yeah, I know, I know, and I freaking hate it. Like the grinder too. Like that noise. Like ching. oh man. Like I, every time I see a grinder, I just want to like throw it as far as I can, really. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Oh, if I wouldn't have been a carpenter, I would have been like some kind of like a special force soldier or something like that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, my friends are going to find that one pretty funny, I yeah. think. What profession would you not like to do? Um, oof, anything that's like more office or something like just that just like you know climbing up corporate ladders like it, i don't think that one's for me you'd rather build a ladder i'd rather yeah i'd rather build myself a ladder and jump, out, jump out of there <laughs> jump out of there <laughs> last question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at those pearly gates um well i'm a big skier so he could say like hey just ski up all day long You're like hell yeah i should have been here much sooner then nice <laughs> I mean, this has been a pleasure, Fred. Honestly, really appreciate it. You're with Greenbelt. Uh, it's Fred Seal Carpentry on IG. It's Frederick Garçon? Garçon. Garçon. Uh, at live.fr. Is there anything else you want to share with anybody else? I guess it's like you really embraced that moment that this was an opportunity, even though you didn't know everything about it. Mm -hmm. And that opportunity basically led you on this path that yeah. you've learned quite a bit and met so many people and had a chance to build. And you're still at the very beginning of everything yeah even so, though like i said i i don't feel so young anymore but yeah you know still a couple of good years ahead i well, think skill level i think you're much older than what you really are but i just i think that there's still a bunch of stuff that you have to you should be building one yeah. day, right and actually can i give a couple shout outs oh, for too? sure you can be as many as you like okay yeah, yeah i would like to thank uh, nick mayette nima construction for being my journeyman and also a pretty good uh, life mentor and everyone at the team at green build especially dave for giving me a chance to join his team and to kind of get a foothold in the Ontario trade market. Nice. What was the thing that these guys did that made you think I'm going to learn so much from them? Uh, I think just more, more showing that they have skill instead of more of like talking, yeah. kind of just more of like do instead of talk. I think that one truly, that, that one truly goes a lot further than kind of just someone who, talks a whole lot but you know shows up on side and doesn't do a whole lot exactly yeah. and also uh one guy told me once on a job site he was like the best thing you can probably have in your toolbox is patience because you know um you know people my age we want to get everything so fast so quick so right now and i'm one of them you know and with patience you kind of like it learns to kind of take a step back and be like okay i can't do this right now but if you work at it bit by bit you know one Lego block at a time, eventually you'll have, you know, the skills that you need. And I think this one is really, I think this one is really important, especially for apprentices, because it's not, 
like let's be clear it's not always fun being an apprentice to get told like it's a oh, long journey too. it's a yeah it's a long journey too and you got to have a good team who respect you because some people don't some people don't respect apprentice and it's more of like the old school people who kind of maybe had a hard time when they were apprentice or they're like oh yeah perfect i'm gonna give that one like a hard time but if you have if you have patience you can kind of just like you know develop a thick skin and you know one thing goes in one thing goes out if you have patience like you can really like weather the storms and i think in the end like it, it's truly worth it when you were 14 15 and just getting ready for getting into this business is this what you pictured or you didn't have an image of it no i pictured really what i was when i was like in high school kind of preparing for college all i wanted to do was a stick frame like i really wanted to do stick frame and i ended up doing like quite a lot of it which was good but yeah, I mostly had, I, I really wasn't aware of it. Like I was also watching, uh, what was that show, Timber Kings? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was, that was pretty cool, but I thought like, oh, well, I'd rather, I'd rather do stick frame, which like obviously now I, I think doing like the logs is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're up for the challenge. Yeah, exactly. So have you, you can't picture what's going to happen now, right? You're just day by day learning, project by project. I mean, I have a rough estimate of like how I would like things to go for okay. like the next, especially for like the next like three or four or five years, still stay on the tools. And like by the time I'll probably be like 30 and depending on where I am, who I'm working for, maybe go more either project management if it's for like a big uh, heritage restoration company. There's a few in Ottawa that had like a lot of potential for like for like growth outside of tools. That could be one or probably have my own, probably have my own, uh, own shop. I would probably like to keep it small scale, like half a dozen employees. So you kind of have like, you know, a lot of control, but like every employee is like, you know, really well trained guy and working on some uh, architectural design, like, uh, you know, millwork, uh, staircase, you know, complicated like geometrical roofs, small timber frames. For me, like to have to have like a like a being like a JC like you are, for me that's like overwhelming because like you got to know so many things. Too many things going on. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, being thrown in that position, I think I would kind of like lose my mind. Like I, like I'd rather just focus like just on the carpentry. So people oftentimes like ask me like, "Oh, um, I'm fixing like my sink. What should I do?" I'm just like. <laughs> YouTube. 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 Leave exactly. me alone. YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to know. And yeah, I don't want to know. Exactly. <laughs> all right. All the best, Fred. Honestly, so it's amazing that you, you made it out to the show here and, and to share all this stuff. This is absolutely amazing. Yeah, thank and, you. And you got a bright, you got a huge future ahead of you, man. So please stay in touch and I'll yeah, keep an eye sure. on what's going on as yeah, well. Yeah, awesome. And I'm sure others will reach out to you because they're going to want to pick your brain on what's going on. But you've given a lot of insight to things that are going on, man. Yeah, so, and actually one final thought. Go ahead. If people want to uh, learn about like construction geometry, like uh, the stereonomy, like I was talking, there's a few, there's a few good, there's a few good books. Now, most of them are in French. So if you're French, perfect, just get them. There is one guy in California who writes them and his name is Sim Ayers. And he is probably the only guy who writes books about it in English. And you have to get it through his site. It's called SBE Builders. And he also has like a really strong presence on Facebook. That guy builds some pretty sweet stuff. Nice. And there is one guy in Ottawa who teaches class like this. His name is Patrick Moore from uh, Historical Carpentry. 
that's one guy you should have you on. Pay attention. Oh yeah, like yeah. that guy. I'll reach is, out to him. Yeah. Yeah, that guy is. Uh, I would go as far as say he's one of the best in North America, best carpenter. Like. Wow. Yeah, like pretty much what I what I saw in in France or like what you see that I like I can only almost dream about doing building. That guy can do it in his sleep. Like really. Younger? No. I was uh, 35, 36. Yeah, young guy, man. Okay, yeah. You guys, yeah, you young, young guys, guys are sure. ruling the timber world, man. I think that's what's going on, but it's good. We need more of them in there. Yeah. Yeah, the more the better, I think. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. That's my it. pleasure. Uh, really pleasure, huge pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, we thanks. are out of here now. All right. Take care.